0: it's been cool to see, you know, in hearing from the moms. So when they graduate, you know, I always love to ask them, you reflecting back over the year. And I would say the impact has been the echoing thing that I get from them is that ingrained confidence in themselves as moms, because they were able to do what they set out to do. And that was to give them in their child the absolute best experience through that first year of breastfeeding through their birth through their pregnancy it's just that ingrained trusting in themselves trusting in their design and knowing that they are capable because yeah. they didn't give up they kept going and so i think that if nothing else the transformation is knowing and trusting that god didn't make a mistake and that they are the best, and they see it with the proof. Uh, I searched all over the world,
1: struggling to find it. Then I met my boy, David E. Simon. Yeah, I searched all over the world, struggling to find it. Then I met my boy, David E. Simon. Welcome to another episode of How I Discover My Gift. I'm your host, David D. Simons, and today we have a special, special guest on the line Courtney Stalworth, aka the, equip, the Equipped Mama. So let me tell you about Courtney from a personal perspective. She's one of the hardest working moms I know in the business that is doing great things to impact other women to be better moms, be better entrepreneurs, be better birth workers. She is a, a former nurse, still a nurse because she's got the she got the credentials, Always. And, and, you know, <laughs> and, and still still able to nurse, nurse you if you need the nursing, um, but she ha- has perfected a formula to help women breastfeed through full-term pregnancy it's a big challenge for most women to do they're not either latching properly they're not using the right methodology they're thinking that i have to go supplement with formula they're thinking to do all these things so today ladies even though we're going to talk deep into uh courtney's story and gentlemen we're going to talk into her story there's so much you can learn from her uh understanding the complex of a healthcare system we have and and how she's been able to create a way and an avenue especially for women of color who are often neglected in the system and she's provided and created an opportunity to serve people in that way but well let me just tell you a little bit attributes about Courtney which I'm sure you'll learn from hearing the uh interview she is a go-getter she makes things happen she doesn't allow excuses. She doesn't let the grass to get green under her feet. She makes it happen. Um, she's she's a woman of God. She's a God-fearing woman. She's a, a, a wife. She's a, a, a great mother, um, a great friend as I've gotten to know her. And, um, you know, she's going to give you the real truth and she's going to do it in love. And she's got a, a, a exuberant spirit that's just full of joy, full of energy. So it's such an honor to have you on the show today. Courtney, what a blessing. Thank you for being on. Ooh.
0: Well, I need you to intro me everywhere, David. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I'm doing amazing. I'm excited to be here. The bio was fantastic. Um, And for the listener and viewers, he made 12 months postpartum. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm I'm giving him a slide. He was on point everywhere. But 12 months of breastfeeding, that's what we do over here.
1: There we go. Love it. Love it. So... I want you to, i want i want to take listeners. i want to i want to go deeper into the life of courtney than probably you've ever done on any other podcast so um mm. I, I would like to go from childhood take us through the journey of of the young courtney to who you are today how did you get here and all of that
0: wow that is that's quite a bit i would say my journey Really, the resounding thing that continues to grow, to show in my life in different seasons is being outside of the box. Um, with me growing up, I came from a working class family. You know, they both of them worked in factories and they blessed me and my brother to have an amazing upbringing. You know, we were safe. We were fed. We lived a great life, um, but it was very much so, you know, they worked a lot. And there was a lot of things that I felt like they weren't present for. And I just remember it being ingrained in me that I I want to be able to spend more time with my family. And so the family has always been very important for me, even as a child, the running joke in my family is because I used to kind of use it to my advantage. I wanted us to go out to dinner, I'm like I want us to eat as a family. We need to go out so we can eat as a family. Um, but that was my heart. I love this being together. It's something about that unity in a family. And so throughout going in my young adult life and really figuring out where I wanted to be, I worked through college in a uh, daycare, an early learning center with infants. And I loved it. Like that is where I really switched from law school. Yes, I went into school to be law, a lawyer. Um, Completely flipped it because I found in law, it was so rigid, right? Very black or white, you stay within these parameters. And again, that that was definitely against my own spirit, but I realized that I had such a passion for the family and seeing babies and the parents and watching them grow. And so that's when I realized, okay, I don't wanna be, I want to see the evolution of a mom growing this little human and how they come into the world. And I've always been very quick. My mind can go and do about 50, 11 things at once. Um, so organizing is really my long suit. And I was led to be going into nursing after talking to one of my advisors. And she's like, yes, I think you would be really great. Nursing she was right, <laughs> she was right. So I ended up going into nursing with the goal of, I wanted to work with babies and moms and ended up going through a very hellacious um, five months or five years in college to become a registered nurse. I got my bachelor's at NTSU, shout outs to the Blue Raiders mm-hmm. and ended up going straight in. I really was able to go straight into maternity after about a year of doing like foundational nursing work. and. I got to that point only to realize, David, that um, I hated bedside nursing. Um, (laughs) I hated working within the box in the kind of the industry, the medicalized industry of birth and maternity. And I started really seeing so many women that looked like me coming in there and just not being prepared, not prepared for that journey, not really knowing what to expect from their body, how to work with their body, And I would see other ethnicities that would have much different experiences than ours repeatedly. And we already know 2020, that year was very, very um, heightened. There's a lot of things at play that happened. And that was definitely the year where outcomes for us, women of color and our babies, it was declining rapidly. It was already at a bad spot, but that ended up really affecting breastfeeding, which I became a mom, I birthed my, um, in the midst of this, I had birthed my first child in 2019, leading into 2020. So mm-hmm. going into my own breastfeeding journey and seeing, oh, this is what really happens after the babies leave us in the hospital. This is a whole new world, you know? And it's something that my mama didn't breastfeed, none of my cousins breastfed. I didn't see anyone that looked like me. I had no example of what breastfeeding could look like or should look like. And, ultimately i started connecting dots you know i remembered what i learned in nursing school but there was differences with my body my genetic makeup and there is differences for us black women and even going to consultants right like there was things that they weren't as familiar with especially with Mm -hmm. this with this body um Mm -hmm. and so that's where i ended up sharpening myself and really going and taking extra training and learning how what, what are we missing here and it had to come from the culture it needed to be a family and cultural environment to to really help us propel. And that starts with the knowledge, that wisdom sharing again. And so that's where I set out. And I said in 2020, I would be leaving the bedside and going straight to the community. And that's how the Equip Mama evolved.
1: Wow. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I love, I love the journey. Thank you for taking us through that. Um, when you think about it, what's your most dominant gift?
0: Ooh, most dominant good. I want to say, I'm a visionary, but also an executor. Um, mm. I have always been really good at not only multitasking but systemizing, mm. and so I have very great visions. But I've recognized, especially through entrepreneurship, right, where you got to wear both all the hats. Honestly, when you start out, you got to wear all the hats. You got to be every person and department in your company, and I recognize that. I, I didn't realize it was special until you start talking and meeting other uh, business owners and entrepreneurs that what I thought was easy was not, didn't come as easy to everyone. You know, SLP, starting those standard operating procedures and using systems that would automatically do things for me and my clients. And it was some, it's almost like a, a game for me in a sense. Like, I love it. I love figuring out how to, that was one of my biggest things is keeping my business slim and it was all because of being able to visually see how i wanted to grow and be able to serve but to also being able to keep that balance right mm. and that's how those systems really helped me to do that so i would say that that has to be it's kind of a two-parter but the vision mm. and, and the the supporting systems
1: mm. when did you notice this
0: when i got my first coach i have to say when i got my first coach and someone else for the first time got in the nitty-gritty of my business with me and um she really you know i think she was very impressed with someone i had had no entrepreneurial background before and just from my research of my own that i had done you know i didn't have entrepreneurial friends at that time and she really (laughs) let me know you know this is this pretty next level right here and Mm. so it's funny because I ended up helping, we became friends, <laughs> ended up helping her as well with a uh, project she was trying to accomplish later. But yeah, that had to be when I realized, oh, not everyone's doing this. No.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow. So you, you were, you, you, you've done that probably your whole life, right? And, 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 and up until that point, you were, you you know you're doing it as an entrepreneur but can you think back going back as a child do you, you know like even as you shared in 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 the initial journey about having the desire to have family dinners or family like organizing and putting mm-hmm. things like, can you think back to where this ties in to even in your youth
0: huh. well I would say that in our household, our academics were very prioritized. And so if we were wanting to be able to enjoy other activities, we had to make sure that not only our academics were covered, but our household contributions were covered. And so I always mapped out, I always remember kind of scheduling, okay, go to school at this time. I have about 30 minutes before the bus comes. I could do X at this time. When I get off, if I start doing the homework at this time, I should be finished here. And then I'll still have about 60 to 90 minutes of daylight time before the street lights come on and we got to be back in the house so (laughs) it was kind of that that processing at that younger age right and same thing you know timeline okay mom gets home at this time i gotta have my chores done by this time but i still want to make sure i can play so man i never really thought about it (laughs) in that that far back but mm. yeah i i loved having structure in that way that would allow me to stay just like fluid and balanced like that that harmony in my life
1: that's amazing so it's like your mind thinks in process like you're <laughs> a process mind but you're also which is a rare aspect they have that execution side because a lot of process people can be so process driven they're focus almost all day on trying to get the process and there's no execution. So you've been really blessed, uh, to do that. Um, and have both dynamics now take me to, to how this incorporates into your business, because <clears throat> you've built quite the atmosphere for women of color to learn and master breastfeeding and staying staying, uh, true to get 12 months postpartum, um, mm-hmm. through the whole process. And, I imagine because of your organizational skills, just knowing you and seeing your work, like <laughs> you mapped out the process flow. So, I want you to kind of take us this is what I want to, I want you to take a deep dive into this. How you took your own experience mm-hmm. from having your children to creating an atmosphere and replicating what you were able to accomplish to now give that to other people through the process framework that you have in your mind?
0: Yeah. So essentially when I had my first child, Ezra, we, me and my husband, we both of our mothers have already fallen asleep. So they're no longer with us. And we've always kind of had that, you know, thugging it out together mentality. We knew this going into it, but when you're in the thick of it, and you don't really have people you can lean on other than each other. You got to have those systems in place because postpartum is a it is exciting. It's amazing, but it's also a very huge life change when you have a little human that literally their life depends on you to nourish them. And so having such a having a lack of support. I mean, my husband's amazing. But you know, he's only one person too, and it's a lot. I had to figure out a way that I could keep myself, you know, from falling in that, that postpartum pit. There's a, there's a high statistic of roughly, I think it's now even up to 78% of women, period, that have a child will experience postpartum depression. It's that prevalent, um, but we don't talk about it as much because it has many faces and we don't know it. And so in knowing this, I had to make a way for us to be, for me to be able to still exclusively breastfeed, but still be able to also take care of myself, making sure that we still, our household as well, I still have a marriage. You know, there's many things that still are required of me. Also had a, you know, I was still working at that time in the hospital. And so it really came down to the me figuring out systems and ways to make breastfeeding still be enjoyable even though it's it's work don't get me wrong like that's my good work but it didn't have to be overwhelming and i've seen so many women give up on breastfeeding only do it for a short periods of time because they didn't have support but on top of the support they didn't have a system in place to actually position them to be successful while enjoying it because it's absolutely doable and so after my own experience i would say that's really what allowed my my little systemized mind to not only put systems in place but through the experiences i started identifying as i started working more with women outside of the hospital i started noticing the trends of the peaks of kind of the challenge points all those predictable roadblocks. Mm-hmm. but those peak little points of oh there is a pattern for us here so if there's a pattern that means it's predictable and if it's predictable that means it's preventable and mm-hmm. i can systemize that oh, wow. <laughs> and so. That's how I ended up weaving these together so that moms can have that success instead of falling into the pitfall. You know, mostly there's a, there's, yeah, 76% of women that try to breastfeed, they will quit by the fourth week with their baby. That is the stats for black women, black women. And so four weeks and we need 12 months. What's happening here? And right. that's really what it is, and so that's what I love getting to do. I did not calculate, I did not calculate, David, mm. um, on the systems, but that's it.
1: Mm. Wow, because I know just you even have what's called you know the framework. Can you can you speak about the framework? You have a, you have an entire framework model that you've developed, mm-hmm. right? On, I'm talking on some curriculum professor type level stuff, right? <laughs> so. So talk about that a little bit, and then I'm, I'm, I'm going to dig into a few other areas that I want us to to tackle as well.
0: Yeah, so what for me in my realm, right, the birth and maternal realm, I've created the lactation roadmap. And literally that's from the mom when she is pregnant all the way to that 12-month breastfeeding goal where she decides if she wants to keep going. Because that's beautiful too. Or if they want to conclude, because they, the foundation of the lifetime health gets solidified through that 11th month of life to 12 months. So the framework really is anchored in on that knowledge piece before baby is born with that preparation and then the ongoing support. Because where here in the US, especially, moms have their babies, they have support, even if you have, you know even with a great doula, right? Or midwife, you still are only gonna have maybe two to three follow-ups during that first four weeks. But then it's like, well, what about the rest of the first year of postpartum? And so my programming through this framework, we've maintained a 98% success rate of these women reaching that 12 month breastfeeding goal by following this framework that really shows them not only, hey, this is what predictable road bump is coming up, at say month two, month five, month nine, you know that most women start to see a decrease in their milk supply and fall off, they know ahead of time and also what we need to start doing to prevent it. So it really just makes that blueprint for breastfeeding success and gives them confidence, right? Like if you know what's coming, you feel a lot more equipped and we don't have so much anxiety and you have someone in your corner. Like that was big for me. I didn't get to have that that support for beyond that first month right it was just kind of like ooh, i gotta figure this out it's all on me on top of all the other responsibilities going Mm. on so that's really the framework is their lactation roadmap it is their customized blueprint for success because their body and their baby got uniquely created so we Mm. get to really have that ongoing support through the coaching that they get with me
1: that's awesome so you know, somebody might be listening to this and wondering, well, well Coach Court, what's the big deal of why? Why make a big deal of breastfeeding? Why can't I just do formula? What What are the benefits of breastfeeding in the first place? What What are the advantages? Why even go through all this process of the twelve months and do all this stuff to to, to be able to like what What are the benefits? Why? Well, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. and I think that's just a like to your point. It's just a lack of knowledge, especially culturally. It's like, yeah, that's a lot of work, just get a baby a bottle. But what we don't recognize is breastfeeding for an entire year, right? The mom's breast milk actually seals the intestinal lining of their child. So we all at this point probably know that our health comes from our gut. And so not only that, the mom is literally transferring her antibodies, that immune system boosting, straight from her breast to her baby. No formula under the sun does that. And we all know that dairy is actually an inflammatory, just in general. We still consume and we still eat it and that's fine. But for a newborn baby, they're starting out with the irritated and inflamed digestive system and not getting that immune system boosted. Now, when we do breastfeed our babies and we give them that nutrition and our bodies customizes exactly what they need as they're growing. It's not the set standard. When you get it in the can, this is all you're getting. You're not getting more. Our bodies adjust to what our specific baby needs through the communication channel. So that means our children, statistically, what we're seeing, babies that are breastfed have higher IQs. That means they're not having to struggle or work as hard to grasp concepts in school. They have an advantage. They're able to have much healthier lifetime health. Like, look at us as Black people. We account for pretty much every chronic disease. Black people are the leading. Hypertension, blood pressure, um, same thing. Blood sugar, high cholesterol, Mm. asthma, eczema. These things, we also have correlated and seen that babies that are breastfed for a year There's a significant decrease in those lifetime chronic issues Mm. just from that first year. So it's really, these moms that are wanting to breastfeed, it's not because, oh, they're just being extra or crunchy. I hear that one a lot. you just being crunchy. It's because we know that that's the greatest advantage that we can give our child. We know that our child's wealth is directly correlated to their health. Mm. And so this is why it's so important, you know, and the benefits from breastfeeding.
1: Wow. Wow. That that's beautiful. Um, that, that's that, so much, so much value you dropped there. Now, can you, I want to take a step back, right? Because you're a super educated, super smart person. Um, <laughs> and, and there's a development that you had to go through to get the knowledge that you have and, and, and the way that you help people. Can you talk about the development you, you talked about? You've kind of hinted at it earlier. You said mm-hmm. in the five years of like kind of being gruesome and and and, and I don't think I, my mom's a nurse, so I, I understand um, the the demands of nursing. I understand the demands even before you become a nurse. The, the schooling it's it's super competitive, yeah. uh, and so so speak to me about the development phase that you've had to go through to become this expert that you are today.
0: Yeah how to become the expert black person breastfeeding
1: coach. So
0: it really started, the foundation was going through nursing school. I got my bachelor's of science in nursing. And I'll honestly say that the greatest learning came from the hands-on with my clients. So I've done, I did seven years in labor and delivery, postpartum and nursery with you know, moms in the hospital setting. And then I started doing my own out of hospital lactation consulting. So I wanted, you know, all I love to see like the start all the way to the end. So I started doing lactation consulting and really working with those moms after they left the hospital through the various stages. And that was where I really got to learn. And a lot of it is recognizing there's such differences between each mom and their body and their baby. And seeing, okay, here there's a couple of ways that we can go about achieving that outcome, whether it's milk supply issue or pain, you know, these things or inflammation. There are so many different routes that the textbook doesn't quite teach you. And so it came through the years of experience of working with those women. On top of that, I ended up, again, I wanted to learn more. On seeing, okay, at these stages, I'm noticing these differences in the babies. So I ended up going into pediatric nursing, and said, okay, I want to work in pediatrics and learn about the baby stage through you know one all the way up to ten. And so I started working with children through the pedi- with the pediatrician and just learning so much about even you know vaccines and the effects of the body, which we won't go into all of that. But getting to really see the full circle is what it showed me so I would say my wealth of knowledge just came from experience um, mm. the doorway was definitely opened with me becoming the nurse because then I'm able to work in the different settings and capacity I was a uh, contract nurse so I got to work in different hospitals I didn't mm. I left being full-time and I wanted to be able to go into different communities and work and see you know the patterns in that way too wow
1: wow that's awesome so <laughs> uh like there's so much you've you've acquired but right there's there's you've acquired formally um you've acquired from being by the bedside but you've also acquired um and i I don't know if you're willing to go into this but but you've also acquired from seeing how our health system is doing melanated people wrong right Mm -hmm. the stories that we hear from serena williams and and many others uh could you speak on that a little bit?
0: Yeah. You know, it really came... It <laughs> This is not something new. I think that social media was amazing. The, one of the great gains from 2020 is that it illuminated what many of us in the hospital setting already knew. And mm-hmm. so the big thing, especially in being a Black woman, you know, Black nurses only account for 6% of the registered nurses career field period and so (laughs) being in those settings you're often maybe you have one other person depending on where you're at right location wise you might have if you're now like georgia they might have more um you know ethnic diversity in their hospital but for the most part that's not the norm (laughs) and so i really even just in being a black nurse i felt it you know i had Mm -hmm. to experience it myself and being ostracized Uh, my first actual job in the nursing field right out of college when I got my maternity job I'd worked so hard for I was actually fired (laughs) and on that termination paper it was because I didn't fit the unit culture didn't fit the unit culture and you know I always joke about this because on that unit it was a running joke because they were called the blondes because every nurse on the day shift on that maternity unit was blonde hair and blue hot blue eyed minus this this coach court right here (laughs) minus me and so they, they all that to say that they don't often have to consider or become familiar with other norms and cultural um ways of thinking even because they're the dominating culture So then when it comes to this woman that's in labor, this black woman in her body, because we're taught in medical school, we are taught based off of the Caucasian norms, right? Their Mm -hmm. process of birth, their blood pressure, blood sugar norm, normal levels and those things. And ours is different. Mm -hmm. So it really spews over from a lack of familiarity and a lack of cultural inclusiveness, even on the units and the day to day working with the team and so we see that in our outcomes and it's so important you know not to allow yourself to be stereotyped and that's often what happens and why black women are not being listened to that's why they're not being heard or taken seriously and oftentimes they don't even know what to say to ensure that they can be and Mm. so you know in my program that's why i go i really go into that communication piece. You'll see a lot of programs that will teach you how to labor and cope and breathe and that's good and that's cute. But what about when you have to pivot? What about when that birth plan doesn't go to plan and you need a strategy to ensure you and your baby come out on top? That's what Mm -hmm. I focus in on to empower, to really Mm -hmm. empower us in that space because it's needed. It's needed.
1: Wow. So seeing this, you took this on as your mission, like, it, it became your driving force for a, a big part of your life, uh, doing doing the work that you do today. So, for listeners out there who may not be in the same field as you, but they have a call, they have a group of people that they feel like they're they're called to serve and deliver from whatever challenge or whatever um, opposition that they're facing. Mm-hmm. How did you make that transition from nurse? to entrepreneur which is never easy uh (laughs) making that transition so if you could just speak to that and that whole process and and talk about how the mission how 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 the mission played a part in in that driving force
0: yeah man number one i have to say it's god uh because Mm -hmm. truly couldn't have taken that leap if i didn't have my faith the way that i had it set up you know i I knew that what I was feeling, what I was seeing, and also there was just that misalignment. You know, when you go into a job and you're dreading it every day, or while you're there, you're constantly having to work so hard just to keep your mind renewed. It just no longer fit. The alignment was no longer there. And I knew that I had a, a passion to teach and educate, even though I love being in those births. That was like the hardest part. Like, ooh, I ain't gonna be able to be there no more but I knew that my impact could be so much greater than one-on-one if I could get one to me. Mm. And so it was really the lining of opportunity with how my second daughter being born during COVID, while we were all shut uh, shut in and not going places and virtual just became a big boom, I had the opportunity to create my program. Cause at that time, I mean, it was getting so bad in these hospitals that I started making this program and I put together my birth program and I started teaching it locally, you know, as far as, you know, just people in our area, but virtual, (laughs) it was still virtual. And so then, you know, more people started hearing cousins that lived out of state and they wanted to, too. It's like, well, it is already online. Like, why not? And so... The door opened mostly because of the aligning in the time um, during the 2020 move to virtual space, uh, which was great because also, like I said, my daughter she was born October 7th. I officially launched the Equipped Mama on October the 3rd, so right mm. before she was born in 2020. Um, because I'd started, I started doing kind of that local thing. I was like, "Well, I'm gonna take this online. I really want to equip mamas to truly." Have that confidence in the body that God designed them to mm-hmm. have for them and their child, and so mm-hmm. that's how I I took that leap. You know, it was great timing, but not really. It's always going to be scary when you you leave that secure paycheck mm-hmm. to really bet on yourself. But I knew right. I wasn't in this by myself. So wow,
1: that's awesome. And so, talk. Let's talk about the impact. Right, like you said what, what is, what has transpired? Like how how many, like the 98% success Mm -hmm. rate, um, talk to me about the, the, the women and families that you've, you've helped.
0: Yeah. So I ended up, as I said, I started doing the, my program, you know, first starting with the birth. But then I was recognizing at the end, I'd also try to fill in the interest, you know, in teaching them about lactation because a lot of them weren't coming from lactation. They're like, ah, I'll figure it out later, which was wrong. So I would just start ingraining it towards the end. So I started having this role and like, cool, they got they got the information. They know what to do with it. And then I started seeing kind of the myths. I would have a lot of people kind of messaging afterwards, you know, after the baby was born and postpartum questions, breastfeeding questions. And dealing with that loneliness that I knew, I knew as a mom. And that's when I recognized that the third missing piece was a community for us. We needed a space because grandmama, auntie, cousin, cousin and them, they all trying to push a bottle. They don't understand why you're wasting your time and putting in all this work for no reason, quote unquote. And so the impact ended up coming from me, adding a community space and transferring from a course to making a membership. And so the impact has been so much bigger than I imagined it to be where women across the U.S. literally, and some find other moms in their area (laughs) in the MMC, but it's all online and they get to not only have that knowledge and the ongoing support, but they get to have that community of women that are in alignment. And that also you see, they go in through their own predictable road bumps too, but you're seeing them overcome. Mm. And so it's like an ingrained just, that tribe, like, like I've always envisioned it and say, it's like God intended it for us to have, like that community sharing wisdom, resources, celebrating, encouraging, uplifting. So that, that would have to be, you know, how I've seen this impact grow beyond what I originally started.
1: Wow. And I, and I know I've gotten a chance to hear some of these things, but could you speak to some of the transformations that have happened for the women and families that you serve, like anything that pops up in particular what, what like you've been doing this enough time now to see you know you've had newborns to now I guess you would say three-year-olds possibly you know yeah. and, 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 so talk talk about that like any 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 story that sticks in your mind
0: yeah well it is kind of funny because we're in this new season where we're having uh, membership reactivation Um, these moms now getting pregnant with their seconds. And so it's very, but it's been cool to see, you know, in hearing from the moms. So when they graduate, you know, I always love to ask them, reflecting back over the year. And I would say the impact has been the echoing thing that I get from them is that ingrained confidence in themselves as moms because they were able to do what they set out to do. And that was to give them and their child the absolute best experience through that first year of breastfeeding, through their birth, through their pregnancy. It's just that ingrained trusting in themselves, trusting in their design, and knowing that they are capable because they didn't give up, they kept going. And so I think that if nothing else, the transformation is knowing and trusting that God didn't make a mistake and that they are the best and they see it with the proof. So I I think that, yeah, man, that just makes my heart so happy. We have our Milky Baby Mondays um, and our Milky Baby celebration. So when the babies and mommies graduate at 12 months, they always get to kind of post, you know, it's a thing that we do and reaching back to those that are behind, you know, of course it's that don't give up. Like I know some moments feel challenging, but looking at my child right now at their first birthday and knowing that they have their lifetime health solidified and mm. no one can take that.
1: Mm.
0: Oh, come on. Come on. I,
1: I And this is very crazy. And I never asked a question like this, but picture you're speaking right now to 10 million black moms around the world.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and you only have one sentence to tell them, what are you going to say?
0: What's going to be objective? Well, are they pregnant? Yeah. Are they not? Yeah, yeah. They're,
1: they're ideal for what, you're, what, you, what you help with.
0: Oh, okay. one sentence I would say to them is, your lived experience and their lived experience is worth it. Break that down. I'm speaking to the moms that often put themselves last. I'm speaking to the mom that knows that they need the support. They know that they they want to do this. They know this is good, but they don't know if they really can, you know, invest the time, invest in themselves because they have X, Y, and Z that baby needs, but they're so worth it. And... You know, putting ourselves last You you can't pour from an empty cup Just like you can't pour from an empty you And so I always love to tell And remind us moms Not to put yourself last Because you are worth it And everything that flows Through you gets impacted By you So that's why we have to remember that
1: Mm, Powerful Powerful I love it So coach court how can people like get plugged in um with what you do and the offerings that you provide right because you provide something i've never really seen you know uh, um but speak on it speak on what what the, the offerings and the service offerings and the things they can get to plug in with you
0: yeah, absolutely. So right now, the next thing that we are really focused in on is I'm now taking on, um, doing more speaking. I want to really get the word out more. So you will definitely be seeing me at different events and conferences. Um, we are able to be contacted at impact at the equipped mama. That's E Q U I P T M A M A dot com. So impact at the equipped mama. Dot com, and then also for the moms, you know, that are pregnant, and they know that they want to be able to give their child the greatest advantage and have that support. The Melanated Milkies Club it is an invite only membership program, uh, but they can definitely apply. Just going to beequippedmama. and you will see the Melanated Milkies Club membership available there. And I, that's pretty much it. You can reach me there. Of course, I'm at all platforms at the equipped mama. Instagram is where my jam, where you'll find me the most. So at the E-Q-U-I-P-T-M-A-M-A.
1: I love that. So they got to plug in with you on that. So, so I want to, I want to talk about something that uh, we always ask entrepreneurs. So this could help entrepreneurs that are listening to because you could be the best in the world at what you're doing, but nobody knows that you're the best in the world at what you're doing but you you don't, you don't have that problem because you you've been marketing and been effective in your marketing. So t- talk to me about marketing and and the importance of marketing your your gift marketing your greatness, marketing your value to the world and and, and how that uh, has impacted you just um, having the mindset of a marketer of your your own talents and abilities.
0: Yeah, that is, that's really a big home hitter for me, if you will. Um, One of the things I didn't mention, I coach other birth workers in their business. I do business coaching with birth workers. And the biggest thing is really communicating your authentic brand is what I help. Because yes, we might all be coaching and, you know, have the same clientele, essentially, pregnant women, maternal women, but your specific tribe is looking for you and my specific tribe is looking for me but they can't know it unless you show them so they can identify themselves in you and so big thing with marketing is really getting clear on who you desire to serve i believe that's one of the most freeing things is relinquishing this idea that you got to be for everybody to get anybody because you don't want to serve just anybody that's right and so when you really get clear on who you desire to serve and for me you know mine is black women I truly have a passion for that. I want those that are holistic minded that truly believes in their body, just wants the tools and strategies to be successful. So Mm -hmm. the marketing side needs to come for it. I'm I'm not out here for moms that maybe want to go an epidural route exclusively from the back or don't want to breastfeed and that's okay. Be okay with letting others pass you by. That's not in alignment because that's how you keep your spark and your fire going because as we know david as ceos of our businesses it goes through its many ups and down seasons and that is what anchors us is truly staying in alignment with our passion and our purpose and that's going to come through much easier in your marketing if you just stick to your lane and your niche and your people
1: Mm, it's gold i love that um so one question I always ask every listener on the show or every guest on the show. Um, you weren't prepped. You didn't get any prep on this.
0: I sure did not. <laughs> the, the,
1: system, the systems and processing mind of Courtney is like, uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but the question is what's the difference between one's gift and one's purpose, one's gift and one's purpose
0: i would say that one's gift is for you or rather i say one's gift is for me and one's purpose is for the others i'm meant to impact so i might have a gift that i love and enjoys and benefits me but my purpose has to be greater than me it has to be a benefit and impact beyond me and so i would say that the purpose You know, a lot of times we have things that we really like and enjoy and that's kind of like, oh, this is my gift. I can do this all day. But what purpose is it if it only can affect and impact you? So that purpose really is sometimes they correlate in how you transfer it out. How can you transfer that gift out? Because that's going to actually be more in alignment with, "Okay, this is the purpose for me to help others, too.
1: I love that. I love that. And so. Um, you're living it. You're doing it, Courtney. You're living the purpose. You're, you're, you're operating your gifts. And I just want to say, I salute you and, and, and say thank you for, for doing the work and following your purpose. Uh, it's not easy, but you're doing it and you're impacting a lot of people. And I, and I know you're going to reach those millions of mamas out there. I believe that. So uh, with your speaking, your coaching and all the things that you're doing. So if, 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 if last question, if there's anything I did not ask you that you feel you should share uh with with the audience or people that would be listening to this if there's anything else in your heart that you would want to say
0: well man um knowledge is power and a lot of us a lot of people will be listening to this podcast right and they might not be pregnant they may not even be female but every single one of us always knows someone that is pregnant someone that is Planning to get pregnant someone that maybe is even in the midst of breastfeeding when you have and find resources like this especially for women of color that are in that season of life share that resource share this podcast episode share my instagram i always say i've given so much value out there on the instagram because a lot of people like you just be out here basically giving everything away i'm not worried about that (laughs) i'm worried about my impact. I'm worried about really being able to help advance and change these trash statistics in our favor. So mm-hmm. that's what I would say is share. Don't hold on to it. Don't pass over this. But if you can impact one person by just giving them this resource information, that could change a whole lifetime health for some someone's child. Mm-hmm. That's what I would say.
1: Beautiful. Wow. You you drop so much wisdom today. Thank you so much, Coach Court.
0: Truly yes. appreciate
1: you. Bless you and the family. And uh, I know this is going to impact a lot of lives. Thank you for sharing your wisdom.
0: Thanks for having me,
1: David. Of course, it's an honor. Uh, uh, I searched all over the world, struggling to find it. Dear listener. I would like to thank you so much for listening to How I Discover My Gift with yours truly, David D. Simons. As a token of my appreciation, I would love to give to you my most important piece of work to date, and it's called The Purpose Gift Tape. It's a motivational mixtape geared towards helping you to identify your gifts, which ultimately lead to you discovering your purpose. This is a six-track album I poured my heart and soul into. It includes beautiful beats, an amazing spoken word over it. And I'd love to give that to you as a free gift, as a token of my appreciation for being a part of the community. So, to get your copy, all you need to do is go to podcast.daviddsimons.com. That's podcast.david, the middle initial D, Simons, S I M O N S, dot com, and get yours today. Thank you for being a listener. I'll catch you on the next episode. How I Discover My Gift with David D. Simons is proud to be of the amazing and illustrious Alive Podcast Network.